Welcome to the Candlelit Tales podcast. My name is Aaron and I'm one of the co-founders of Candlelit Tales. We are trying to breathe life back into Irish myth and this week, Surika will be telling you the story of the death of Queen Maeve. This month, we are telling death stories, a whole series of stories and, well, they're not all that morbid. Irish people, you know. Death fears the Irish. Did you not know that? So you can go to patreon.com forward slash candlelit tales to help support this podcast like many people do. Thank you who do. You're great. It's awesome that you're helping us. You can also like and share and subscribe to our YouTube channel or just tell someone about it if you like. Stay tuned for this story. Sorica, take it away. Maeve ruled Connacht long and well, and in her old age, she retired. She went to live on a little island in Ishclotern, on Loch Ree in County Roscommon. Now Maeve had done many things in her time as the ruler of Connacht, and in the time before that. Great deeds and terrible deeds. But there was one crime laid at her feet that was more terrible than all the rest. And it was one that there was a shadow of doubt over. She had never confessed to it. And Maeve was not shy about owning most of her deeds. Maeve was not the only famous daughter of her father and her mother. She'd had an older sister once, a sister named Clotru. And Clotru was a powerful woman. She had ruled Connacht before Maeve ever had. And before that, she had spent time in the other world, had eaten the fruits of the other world that were said to intoxicate mortals and drive them mad. But Clotter returned from her time in the other world, not mad, but clear-sighted, and absolutely sure of her ambitions. And her ambitions were great indeed. She wanted to be a ruler, the woman king of Connacht, and she became the woman king of Connacht. And she wanted a line. A line of succession left after her. And every one of her children to be the child of a king and a woman king. A royal line. A powerful line that would last until the end of time. Ochi Fideluk, Clotru and Maeve's father, had three sons by another woman, not their mother, Kruoka, but a woman of Ulster. They were triplets, and when they were young, their parents had a falling out. Their mother brought her children back to Ulster with her, and they were raised in Awanmaka, which was why they were called the Finemna, the three fair-headed boys of Awan. At one time, before Maeve was married to Crohor Macnessa, Crohor Macnessa spoke to the Finemna and persuaded them 
that they should rise up in rebellion against their father, the High King. And he promised them that he, Grhur Magnessa, and all of the Ullad would be in their corner when the time of the rebellion came. The mother of the Fenemna was very much in favour of this plan. She wanted to see her husband dead. And the boys were persuaded. They were young, they were hot-headed, and they were susceptible to the blandishments of a man like Rahor Magnessa. And so they went about trying to rally support from other rulers of other provinces. The Fenemna thought that they would get good support from Clothru, the woman king of Connacht, their sister, but she refused to help them. She tried to persuade them over a feast to give up this plan, and when the Fenemna refused to listen to her arguments, she decided instead to seduce them. The next morning, the three brothers left Krukonai and left their sister Clotru behind. Their rebellion was doomed to failure. Krohor Magnessa betrayed them, turning on them in the battle, and they were killed by their father's own armies, although the High King's heart was broken by it. Some time after their ill-fated rebellion, their sister Clothru gave birth to a child that was striped, and his head looked just like one of his uncles, and his torso looked just like the other, and his legs just like the third. He was named Lugud the Rebnerg because of the fact that he was striped, and the stripes indicated that he had three fathers at the same time. The Fenemna. Clothru knew that this child of hers was special. She told him so she treated him as such, because in him she saw the distillation of the lineages of all the kings and woman kings that were in their line, and when he was of age, she seduced her son, and she gave birth to another son, the son of Lugud and his mother, was Kruvhen Nianar, and he was indeed the founder of a great lineage. Many of his descendants were kings. And thus, Clothru's ambitions might have been satisfied, but they were not. She looked around her and she saw the strongest king in Ireland at that time was Crohor Magnessa, who had been married to her sister Maeve. Now Clotho did not much seem to care for why their marriage had ended as it had. She cared for Grohor Magnessa's lineage. She cared that he was the son of the powerful Nessa, that he had become the king of Ulster at a young age, that he was ambitious, that he was ruthless. And so she married Grohor Magnessa. And not long after she married him, Clothru was pregnant with Crohor Magnessa's child. And it was at that time that someone murdered Clothru. This was the deed that was laid at the feet of Maeve, who by then was herself the woman king of Connacht. 
Clothrew, having relinquished the position in pursuit of her own ambitions. But Maeve never admitted to it. And indeed there were those who said that it was not Maeve at all who had killed her sister, but Clothrew's son, her first son, Lugad Riabderg, the one who she had had another child with. But that was never proven either. Clothru managed one more extraordinary deed before she died. As she lay there bleeding, she called on her attendants to take their knives and save her child. Her child was strong, she said. Her child would be a warrior, she said. And so, the attendants of Clothru cut her still-living child out of her dying body. And he was saved. The child of Clothru and of Crohor Magnessa was called Ferbwida. And Ferbwida grew up hearing the story of how his jealous aunt had killed his mother. No one mentioned to him that there was any doubt about the story. He became a great warrior. He trained under Cúchulainn. He was, of course, the son of the King Crohor Magnessa. And he had one strange attribute. He had a pair of horns on his head, like the horns of a bull. Now when Maeve went into her retirement in County Roscommon, on the little island in the middle of Loch Ree, she used to come down every morning and bathe in the waters of the lake. And one day, Ferbwitter was passing. And he asked who this beautiful, stately woman was. She was not young, but there was something about her. Something about her still that drew the eye. And he was told that this was Maeve, who had been woman king of Connacht, who had once long ago been married to his father, Cruhor, who they say had killed his mother, Clothru. Furbuja determined there and then to get his revenge. But as he looked at Maeve, he knew he did not want to duel her. This woman had been a warrior of great renown, and perhaps there was still some of that strength in her. And so he practised every day for a year. Ferbuda set up a post at the height of Maeve, and he measured the distance from the shore of Loch Ree to the place where Maeve liked to bathe. And then he practised with his slingshot, trying to knock an apple off the top of the post. And when he could make that shot every single time, he lay in wait. Maeve liked to bathe there every day. Every day she would come walking down to the water's edge, take off her clothes, swim 
in the cold waters and then return and climb up to the top of the hill and have her breakfast. And every day, from the shores of the lake, Ferbuda watched her. Watched her descend, watched her undress, watched her slip into the water, watched her swim, watched her return. And every day he had his slingshot with him, and every day he had the shot in his hand. And day after day after day, he did not take it. He did not know why. He did not know what was stopping him. He could see in this woman a resemblance. His father's wife, Ethna, was her other sister. He wondered if she looked like his mother, Clothra. He wondered, as he watched her, what she sounded like. What kind of a mother she was to her children. If she knew him. If she knew of him. What she'd think of him. If he cared. At last, one day, and as time went on, Ferbuda stopped watching her and waiting for his opportunity and let himself simply watch her. A day came when he made a decision. There was nothing in watching this woman, nothing more for him, no answers to be got. He could talk to her, but he knew he would get no satisfaction, or he could kill her and avenge his mother's death and let himself rest. And so that day he went down. And when he saw Maeve coming, he reached for the first thing that he could. And his hand landed not on a shot for his sling, but on a piece of hardened cheese. He fitted it into his slingshot and whirled it and loosed it. And it flew straight and true. Straight and true as every day that he had practiced. And into the side of Maeve's head. And Ferbuda watched. As between one graceful step and the next. She crumpled. The woman who'd been king of Connacht. The woman who'd murdered his mother. And Ferbuda fled his deed. And Maeve was brought back to Crochonai, and she was buried, standing on her feet, facing Ulster, guarding her home forever.
Thanks so much for listening. This month we're doing a series of death stories, so stay tuned to hear more stories from the Ulster Cyclone. You can find out more about us on our website, candletales.ie. You can follow us on the, all of the social medias, the Facebook, the Instagram, the Twitter, at candletales. And for more videos and when we actually go live streaming, which is most Sundays, hit subscribe to our Candle Tales YouTube channel and you can also find a Candle Tales for Kids playlist, hashtag Candle Tales, right there on YouTube. Class. We'll be talking about this podcast in our next episode, which goes live on Sunday. If you want to chip in in the conversation, you can tune in at 7 o'clock Irish time on Sunday. And, you know, hit subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't done already, because that's the only way you'll get notified. Hit the little bell icon, no, crafty little bell icon hiding away from us. Liking and subscribing to our channels actually makes a massive difference and it really does help. Leaving reviews, telling people about us, spreading word of mouth, all that kind of stuff. You can also give us more direct support by going to patreon.com forward slash candletales or you can even make a one-off donation by hitting the PayPal button on our website. Thank you, everyone who's done that. You're class. You're amazing. This whole podcast thing is just supported by Patreon supporters and people who like these stories. We're trying to breathe life back into Irish myth and you're helping us by listening, by telling stories yourselves and by supporting us to do it. (laughs) Thank you and chat to you next time. You. This episode was produced and edited by Rory O'Shea and Oisín Ryan. Music by Rory O'Shea and story by Sarika Hegarty.